Hey crew, back on the podcast today. I've got Jordan joining me today and I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. I know that time's precious for everyone, so hope you guys take some things away from today from listening and I hope I don't bore you too much or take too much of your time, but yeah, definitely excited to, to share some stuff with you guys and basically save you guys from flying over the world to learn some of the stuff that I've learned and just kind of bring it home and try and quickly get it out there to you guys. So yeah, Coach Glossop, Jordan Glossop, um, call me what you like. Uh, been a strength and conditioning coach for seven years. Uh, started off training out of a backyard with my brother. So I was actually in Singapore at the time. He was in Melbourne. Um, I had another job for 10 years as an arborist. So I was there working overseas for that. Um, yeah, he called me up and he was like, because we've always been kind of gym junkies. He's like, should we transition into this this world and do this together? And I was like, yeah, sounds good. Um, I kind of reached the peak in that industry without owning a business. I'd done every other sort of role. Um, so yeah, I look forward to the, the challenge of starting a business, which for me, working with people, like that was a no brainer. Like I knew I could be passionate about it. I knew that I could kind of do those long hours that only any business takes. So yeah, I was, I was all in and ended up meeting back in Perth and before long we, we started that. So yeah, in the backyard, it quickly went to a, a space um, in the public and, and now Adam's got it to the fourth version, I believe, yep. uh, here in Wangara. So that's a little bit of it, just a quick intro, I guess, on me. Um, probably the only part missing out of the intro is that I've been traveling probably more in the last 10 years and I've been back home. So wow. yeah. I can kind of talk a bit about that if you want. And um, Is it more the, the coaches or the... Oh man, everything. like yeah, we even go Everyday a bit of both. Coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, well, this is range from heaps of different people. So from coaches to clients to everyday people. It's yeah. um yeah, it's a, it's a broad range. So yeah, it's uh mainly the people that actually tune in, the people that are listening right now, are the people that are saying on the treadmills, and when I've got them doing a uh, hour cardio or something, so they need something to listen right. to. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you started about seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time in the industry. It is actually like. I remember pretty early on when I started to bump um, shoulders with lecturers and people running uh, training courses and whatnot, they, they talk about the, the rate of people who are still in this industry after being certified. And I think after two years, it's like 3% or something number. Yeah. So it's pretty phenomenal, I think, for any coach to, to go beyond a year. Yes. That first yeah, year. 100%. Um, for me, I've been full-time ever since I started. And I think that's just, that's come off the back of just being committed to it. But it's like, this is, I feel like my purpose. So whether it's a bad month of business or, I don't know, you, get, you go through all sorts of things as a coach. Yeah. But for me, every time I've been through that, I've never like, wait, I've been like, working up next day, it's, it's what I want to do and carried on, so. Yeah, you never really hate Mondays when you love what you do. <laughs> I don't think Mondays exist, do they? Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we get yeah. someone calls on a Saturday, we'll still do some sort of work, particularly for me in, in my field of sport and basketball, yeah. it's like, yeah. sometimes it's, that's their peak training times and whatnot, so yeah, but. Like you said, you, when it comes to Monday, you're always looking forward to it as a coach. Yeah, 100% man. Um, and so for the people that don't know um, too much about what you do, um, so your main focus specifically is with basketball players? Yeah, so yeah, yeah when I started, um, it was with everyday people, just to make them stronger, feel better, move better, you know, obviously improve body composition, but that kind of got a little bit not uh, superficial to me just sometimes with the people like, it's like, oh, there's more to life than a six pack, you know? It's like, I've had that. And I, like, I would explain to them, it's like, it's not really made me feel any better. So kind of, anyway, I've 
I still trained everyday people all the way through, even today, but obviously a lot less of them now, just given my schedule. Uh, so really took on with the strength conditioning. I think when you get into that more and more, it's, you kind of go two ways. It's like you really get into strength training or you kind of go, well, the, the full performance side of it, which is then a lot more than just strength work. and Yeah, conditioning. Yeah, so that's when I then had to expand my skill set, and uh, which I did, and started learning from different coaches, and travelled and learned and stuff. Um, ended up coaching like two dozen sports, so wow. like hockey, high jump, UFC. I've coached um, Premier League football players, like beach volleyball to the Commonwealth level. Like, wow, the list yeah. goes on on the sports. <laughs> so, like that was really fun because every client like that came with a different challenge. Um, and it, it made you as a coach have to quickly go and learn more, study more, like do your notes and, and come prepared for these different clients. Eventually, the only reason I focused on basketball was the conversations during training. You know, like I'd be standing next to a golfer I'm training. I couldn't tell him stuff all about how the last Masters went or who won this year. Like I just didn't know enough about it. And um, even things, other sports in Australia, like AFLs and stuff, like I still help some of those boys today that are like going to the draft but I just can't have the same conversations with them grew up with basketball Um, we can tell you just about everything about it so that's why I actually focused on it is because for me that was like if I'm going to become specific or niche in that that area like at least I know a lot about the culture and things like that so yeah I've been doing strength conditioning for basketball players now for two years yeah Um, and that's definitely what I'll now continue to do and I've already like my further studies have been all with basketball strength and conditioning coaches etc and going to guys in America so but hopefully um, a lot of the stuff we talk about now will also help everyday people so if you're yeah, yeah. like you said if you're in the car on the way to the gym and you listen to this or um, on the treadmill wherever it is that hopefully we can give you guys some gems on what it takes to achieve a goal I think that's probably yeah cool so what's your what's your first point of call like when you start off with a, a new client comes to you specifically if you're like say for example basketball um, yeah. where do you where do you go and what's the sort of conversation you have with them yeah so it, and that wouldn't be too different to if it was just a weekend warrior yeah so for me like the first thing when they come in is is trying to find out if they're ready for this training I think a lot of people always will be like I want to make a change, I want to improve, I want to reach this goal, uh, whatever that is for them. But for me, it's like, okay, are you ready for it? Like, let's have this discussion because I've seen thousands of people, right? And you quickly figure out who wants to do the work, who's going to last. And for me, like, I might tell you it's not the right time. Like, I, I don't know how everyone else works, but for me, although business is always important, it's definitely not about the money, it's about the result for this person. So if I feel like, they need some, like let's say it's um, some help from a mental professional, for example. Some of the clients I've had come in who are like really heavily overweight, it's like, you're probably gonna have a better chance of reaching your goal with some professional support or like someone who knows a lot about this. Because the physical training is the easy part, right? Like I can give you the sets, reps, exercises. That's not that hard to come up with. Um, I can, you know, talk to you every day on the phone and try and motivate you. And you know, if you miss a session, where are you? If you're late, all these things that we do as a coach. but what we really need is for you to be ready for that. So that first conversation is always just sitting down with them. Um, it could either just be like a session where we don't do work in the gym or it can just be their first session. So like, I'll always have people come in, do a trial, give them my taste on how to train. So like they'll get an idea if it's for them or not. 
Um, and at that same time, I'm like reading them, you know, their body language, what they're telling me. And then from there, after that session, I can kind of go, well, look, this is how I think you're going to best achieve this goal. And I think for everyone, that's a different little story. You know, you've got people who are intrinsically motivated, extrinsically motivated. You've got people who are like, like the easiest client for transformation in, for sport or for uh, someone who's been through a really hard time. Like that, they almost do everything for themselves. Like you just, they're not a facilitator. Yeah, they've got, like, they got some pain to push them. Yeah, yeah, that was like me 20 weeks ago. And like, although I come to my brother and he's coaching me, it was like, I was at that point where it was like, this is it. Um, I think there's a few different names for that point. But it was ultimatum. like, a, huh? Ultimatum. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it didn't matter then how busy I was, what excuse, I was going to be in the gym every single day. I was going to do it properly. All the bad habits with nutrition I had were going to be out the window. So yeah, it's, that's the first session is just having that discussion with the person, getting to know them. It's not about me just trying to imprint something on them. I yeah. Guess, that's, that's important to go through uh, as a coach yourself, right? Is you go through those ups and downs and you go through those times where you're got a really good year and you have a really shit year and yeah like you're a good week and that's what people say to me like um you probably get this yourself but they're like oh i had a bad day i'm like oh, i don't feel like i'm gonna be motivated tomorrow it's like fuck i've had bad years you'll get through this it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um that's that's been an interesting journey and i think one that i probably wouldn't ask for although it happened but uh certainly since it's happened i've been grateful for it actually like you know even COVID this year like all these different challenges now that i've used and overcome on I'm definitely I'm grateful for them you know because like, yeah. I feel like if they didn't happen I might have still been where I was so for me um, like you said the, the hard days and years like yeah absolutely um, and I'm open and honest with my clients about that um, so yeah recently I did my transformation the reason I was out of shape came from um, being passionate as a coach where like I honestly was like I'm not important you know, my clients are the number one, like their lives, them getting better. That's the most important thing. And like, I could put myself aside, you know, like quite happily. Um, then you let yourself go and you're like, let go of your own training in a way. Yeah, it's like, I, it took two years for my body. So the first, like, I can't remember when I stopped kind of training and, and leading by example. And cause it was at that point where I'm like, I know what I'm talking about. I don't need to be a representation, right? And my clients are all the same things. So I'm never going to beat Olympic athletes. Like these people are worth millions anyway. There's no chance. They're like 10 years younger. So I'm not trying to now compete with them in the weight room or on the track or anything like that. So I just, you know, I rested on the fact that I knew what I was talking about. Didn't need to be an example. But after two years of stopping, that's when it like really caught up with me. You know, and then I'm like running out of breath during demonstrations. Um, like just feeling fatigued throughout the day, like all these things where I was like, look, I'm now not at optimal performance. Yeah. And I'm not really in a good space to be in front of people, like telling them what they should be doing. So I, I realized that. And now since having swapped over, it's like, that will never change again because what I came to realize is like, when you're in the trenches at the same time as your client, that's like way better way as a coach to live. Like, yeah, 100%. even if you've done it for seven years, like. You forget what it feels like with the doms. You forget what it feels like when you got a leg day you got to do again. Like, so the discussions we have in the gym are, are all better. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a much better way. So, but definitely, man, like coaches, I've never lied to anyway, but if, if anyone thinks a coach is a perfect human, like we're just as human as the client, right? It's just, yeah. we've studied a little more on this area. So we, we know how to give you a program that's 
are going to be most likely to work for you, that you're not going to burn out or get injured or give up too quickly. Um, but apart from that, yeah, like we go through the same problems. You know, we want to eat the crap. We want to party. We want to drink. Potentially, that's not me anymore, but yeah, yeah. just in general, like as coaches, like we want to have fun and, and do all those things, but we want to help people at the same time. So yeah, I think the, if the public can understand that and not idolize us too much, it might help them to get a result. Because I think sometimes when we put people up on a picture, we kind of think it's not for us. We can't do that, you know? I think the more the general public can feel like they can achieve the same, if not better than us, that's a good thing for them. Yeah. And going back to one of the things you touched on there, which I think is like really important, is um, coaches having coaches. Like, it's a good way to learn more about yourself in other ways as you progress in your own career. Like, you, you get to learn like where your limits are that may have changed to what they were two years ago. It's, uh, it's a really cool thing to do. Yeah, it's 100%. Like, and I think I've realized that recently more than ever. Um, I know a lot of coaches, like, they use that as a cliche, like, coaches should always have a coach and yet some of them haven't had a coach in five years yeah um so i know it is a bit cliche for some of it but it's definitely true and like i remember early on using that as a big way to learn you know even recently with the the basketball side of things and the skills stuff like that's not me i'm not a ex-nba player or anything but having you know used them as my own coach you just start extracting daily things from them and when you are a coach you know how to pick out what's good from yep. people's training programs right like you know how to quickly, you know, what I'm going to take, what's useful, um, how I can implement into this my own work. So my early days having a coach was to learn for sure. Um, and then when I took on things like powerlifting, like at the time, I've, we'll come to this conversation later, but I've guinea picked everything yeah. that I've done. You know, and I've gone through all these different styles of training just to know what's good, what to throw away, etc. But um, I remember, yeah, powerlifting, like I didn't know what the rules were I didn't know the best way to train for that I knew how to get strong yeah. in, in my sense of it so I got help with that when I was um, in the sports performance world you know Olympic lifting being what's generally used in that like uh, so I went and put myself as a guinea pig in front of Klokov and Bob Pavone and guys like this to learn that um, so yeah having your own co- a coach as a coach helps you with your accountability like it's the same thing that like if you're on the treadmill listen to this now it's the same thing for us like we need accountability, you know, like at times we can be really self accountable, but I think long-term, especially as you push your goals higher, like then you need someone to be accountable, to track your results. Like I see my nutritionist fortnightly and, and get checked in. If, if I haven't reached this goal of the body fat or the lean muscle mass uh, increase or whatever we're working on, like I feel bad, right? So that motivates me in my own training for the next fortnight to push harder to be more compliant so there's lots of benefits like I don't want to take too much time on a chat to talk about it but yeah if you've never done it like hurry up you're gonna thank us for for kind of talking about that today and um, hopefully it helps you get to whatever goal you're working on cool man love that um, another area I wouldn't mind touching on you're talking about uh, so the, the, taking the age bracket you usually work with now would probably be the younger generation the kids coming out of um, like high school into early college age yeah, at the moment, definitely. Um, when I first came back to Perth, which I believe is two years ago, maybe two and a half, I got straight into working with the professionals and the semi-professionals, and, which tend to be the mid-twenties. Um, helped them a bunch, you know, had some guys and girls go through MVP seasons, scoring titles, like all the things you want. What I came to realise was like, you know what, like, 
these guys already have a lot of help. They actually do. You know, they got multiple coaches. They're getting free gym access by sponsored gyms for these programs and basketball associations, etc. And I was like, yeah, they still need help now, but not as much as the youth. So that was where I went and he sort of like looked back at what I was doing and planning forward. And I was like, it's about time I like give it to the youth, the same that I was giving the pros, you know, like, so yeah, now you're talking about year 10, 11, 12. Um, and when you're talking about youth basketball, you're probably talking about 20 at the top age. At that point, they're either going to continue it or give up. So, and that actually applies to, to a lot of sports, you know, like these kids are obviously in these, these times where they're like, you know, am I going to go study in America, do my degree in college over there, or am I going to stay home? Can I afford it? Like all these things that youth athletes go through. So yeah, I, I put my attention on them and devised a program that could work for them, that could be affordable for them and their parents. You know, like they can't afford a hundred bucks an hour and beyond multiple times a week. So that was never going to work. So I came up with a, a way of training a few at the same time and you know, they were coming on their own programs. I don't want to bore people with that stuff, but devised a really good program that um, has since been able to help them out. And yeah, there's kids now in America, there's kids that are going to come back. Um, yeah, I love it. They, you get to see straight away the, the results of it, you know, like one off season, you go and watch them the next season, locally here in Perth, and you see them, the performance increasing, you see the confidence increase. Um, That's a win right there, eh? Yeah, and it just yeah. like, People don't understand, like, a lot of the stuff I do is to help them with life as well. You've got a young kid who's, his mates are taking drugs. This is just a puberty. His girlfriend yeah. wants him to stay home. Like, there's so many things. And yet, they're potentially the next Perth Wildcat superstar or making it through NCAA and you playing. You can see this as a coach because yeah. you, you can watch it, right? Yeah. You can see the potential in someone that's helping oh, them man. believe it in themselves, right? So much. Like, and not just athletes, like, so many kids out there, you know, like... I think a few years now when we, we have this conversation, we'll probably be talking less about the gym for me and a lot more about other stuff outside of the gym. That's kind of a progression that I want to lead into. Um, and that's just getting kids to actually be themselves, right? And some adults too. But that's the key, eh? Be authentic. Be yourself like, and like... Don't worry about what everyone else says. Do what you yeah. want to do. You know, like a lot of these kids have all these pressures from social medias, from parents, from like culture, so many things. And like, it's like, if you want to be a, a basketball athlete, right? Today, there's the resources to do that and you still have a fort, like a, a fail safe. You know, you can run a training business. You can, this is just, there's so many things, but I just hate when I see kids not actually go for their life, you know, like I grew up with it. I went, did all my TE subjects, um, you know, like I was going to be a journalist, going to go to uni, going to do all these different things. And, and then I finished school and I was like, come on, this is not me. Like, that was just the pressures of everything else around me, you know. Um, so that's the, the, the discussion we'll have, I guess, either another time on a yeah, podcast. Yeah, or yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Like, um, so what do you find the biggest challenges working with youth? Um, like you are mentioning about, you know, they had the social pressures, they had the family pressures, friend pre- peer pressures, things like that. Um, and so with that, how do you work with that as a coach? Yeah, I'm not going to lie, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's like... I'm a, a parent as well. My kid's only two and a half. Um, but youth, like, they're tough work. You know, there's, they're probably just as, as tough as the, the pros and the adults, but they're in a different way. So the tough thing about youth is, like, they don't know what's right for them, right? So some of my athletes will have five basketball teams, 
Yeah, they got well, a, they got a yeah. state team, a domestic team, they're in um, a private school team. They're they're in a, like a traveling team. They're an academy. Yeah. So they got like all these people, you know, telling them what to do, and then they got their parents telling them what to do. So I think the hardest thing is them not knowing, and then you being their advisor, and they might have multiple advisors. So the hardest part, first of all, is to get these guys to like buy in and understand what overtraining is, what undertraining is. What like rocking up on time? What it is like? There's, so there's how, yeah. how how much does that form through the ropes in the last few years and in, in the younger generation or just people in general? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's equal to the adults, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. If you some of these people like you don't speak to on the phone or in person to arrange these things, right? Yeah, it's so easy if you ever, only ever like text someone about something to like just text the same thing back, going I can't make it today because of blah blah blah. Yeah. So people are a lot. Um, less accountable to themselves and other people. And that's something for me, like, I don't bang on them about it, but I definitely lead by example. And I make sure somewhere like that they know that's not the right way to go about it. Like, I remember we booked a time and I haven't waited from that time. Like for me, my rapport is so important. Like if someone was to be like, I'm the guy that says they're gonna do something, doesn't do it. I take that personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I definitely think in the modern world, people are way too quick to, God, I'm going to do this and they don't do it or they just think like changing times is fine. So. Mate, and that comes down to goals too. Like, I mean, it's always okay to change uh, or adjust your, you know, adjust your path if you try and get a certain somewhere. But I find a lot now, especially with um, younger clients that come to see me for just general strength and wellness, right? Is mm. They're like, yeah, I really want this. I'm like, cool, this is what you have to do. Are you prepared to do that? Like, yeah, one week or, you know, it's 12 weeks there. It's like, oh, this is really hard. I don't know if I can eat, like, if it says a young guy, for example, I want you to eat three and a half thousand calories to get your body weight up because, you know, you're almost that look anorexic. I'm like, oh, this is so hard. I don't know if I can eat this much food. It's like, you have to do this because it's what you want to do. <laughs> and yeah, trying to, trying to relay that message to people that it really does take it, like, how bad you want it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you prepared to do? Yeah, I think a lot of the people nowadays, like, they just want the glorified stuff, you know, like. To get likes. <laughs> And not, not even just the likes, like even if they're not on social media, it's like, I want to be an NBA player. Oh, that's the yeah, goal yeah. I get every time, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's a glorified goal. That's cool. Like, but a lot of them just like got pipeline dreams. That's what I call it. You know, they come in with this pipeline dream and I'm like, that's cool. That's, that's, this is it's our goal at the top. The smaller goals. Right? If we don't yeah. have that as an end goal, then we're not aiming for the best and we're not going to get it close. So you have to have that goal at the top. No doubt about it. Like, my goal of my coaching is to be one of the greatest coaches at what I do in the world. It's not a short goal of just in Perth. Like, that's fine, that's not egotistical, that's, that's what drives me, that's what yeah, I want to do. That's what gets you up every day. If I don't yeah. have that goal, then it's like much easier to just, you know, play small and to just be satisfied with what you're doing and complacent. But if you've got that big goal, it stays there as a, a drive, right? But if you're not prepared to do the first step and what it takes to get there, that number one shows me you've got either no idea or you, that's not you. You know, like a big thing I always talk about with clients, wh- whatever they're from, every day, or is like, is this you? Like, when we spoke about with people faking it or not. Like, mm, yeah. if you don't enjoy the gym, if you don't want to be a healthy person, if you don't think active lifestyle, like, if these things aren't you, that's fine. Like, I've got family, that's not them. Like, you know, they like going out for a drink, a coffee, holiday, social life. They're still a great human being. That's just not them. Yeah. And I wouldn't force them to become something else, right? 
So when these people have these pipeline goals, I'm like, my thing is like, is this you or not? If we're not sure, coach and, and student athlete, it's like, all right, let's do some work and find out if it's you. And like, I've had some honest conversations with some kids and youth and pros, and I'm like, where I'll be like, I, I don't think this is you. You know, and like, they'll so look at me strange. So I'm sure you've had this conversation. Yeah, like, yeah, strong man training is not you. Yeah. You're not willing to go through all this pain. Almost die after every session. <laughs> Not, not everyone wants to work that hard, right? Um, regardless of what the goal is, like it's all, it just takes a severe amount of work. And if you're not yeah. willing to put in the work, if you're not someone who likes to generally work hard, then you're not going to enjoy any of it. No. Yeah. When you say that, um, that pain thing, I know you're into strongman. I remember being in England at Eddie Hall's. He yeah. He like, you know, you sit down for a night with him. Yeah. He was talking about how close he was to death after that 500 kilo deadlift and yeah. like people not realizing and the things he had to do to be the short guy at that size and to stay there. He's like, the, the way he put his body on the line to be able to do that and the health things, which is, you know, if we speak to him is what, what led to retirement is like, yeah. that's his saying. But that's the people that motivate me personally. It's, yeah. it's these greatest in the world and I've, that's why I've, I've gone to them. I've gone to their coaches, I've gone to them personally. It's like, how do you get on that level? What does it take to make it like it's a lifelong pursuit? that you don't give up, you know, and then what are their tricks? Because yeah. they've all got little tricks and like, so that was, that's what I went after and that's, that's why I've got like about a list of 20 guys that I've either seen already or still on that list to see and I'll travel the world, learn from them and bring it back here to Perth every single time. Awesome, man. Um, let's, let's touch on that. Uh, who's, some, who's some people that you've uh, worked with or like uh, been um, coached by or mentored by, uh, however as you do it, and yeah. what are some big takeaway points? Yeah, so, I get this one asked a lot actually, like from clients as well, because they're obviously looking, like they travel yeah. a lot of these pros, right? They, they want to land in LA and know who to go see, and you've got kids who go over America and over East who to see, and so I get everyday people, you know, like, because everyone's now got online parts to their business, right? So it's like, oh, well, if I'm not satisfied locally, who can I go to and get this genius program? Which look, there are genius parts to it, but they're all, it's training is training. Yeah. But yeah, the guys that definitely have had a big influence on me, like in exactly what I do now. So a guy, David Alexander, who's in Miami um, and his business partner, Donnie Raymond. So they've looked after LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, CP3, wow. yeah. like every top level basketball under the sun um, and other sports. And what drew me to them was their, their study of biomechanics. So like, which was fascinating because I was in that course in Miami watching Kokov on the top, on the screen and these strongmen on the screen because biomechanics is just what's, what causes these motions and these muscles like to create these movements. And then like, how can we use it for injury prevention and get um, maximum results? So like efficiency. Well, it's not by chance that guys with the, the biggest squat in the world and clean and jerks have really efficient ways, right? Yes. And they just I'm fall sorry. into line with what's biomechanically correct. Yeah. It's like, Here's the science to tell you what to do. Here's guys who probably don't know it. They can't, might, but they might not know. Just doing it, doing the exact same thing. Because it's like, I think if you've, for me, I've done a triple body weight deadlift and 2.5 squat. Like you quickly, after years of playing with it, you know exactly those points. Yeah. That either are gonna be a fail on this lift or a dangerous part to it, how much flexion you can take to the spine, all these things. So. Um, they've been really good mentors, those two. Um, still got lots of work to do, got to travel back there and continue. Um, Klokov with the Olympic lifting, Bob Pavone, 
Uh, Sebastian Oreb, Australian strength coach, very early on did all his levels and done uh, seminars with him over the world. You know, like when he rocked into England, I went again. And then uh, who else have we got? The bodybuilding guys like Luke McNally, um, boys like that. Was he a, Luke McNally, was he from Queensland? Is that right? Over East, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember him. Yeah, yeah. he came, uh, came to Perth in 2000. Is that 2016? Yeah. He here? He's got his own story now, kind of, as why you don't see him too much. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I just had these mentors through all these different, you know, <laughs> like, styles of training so that when I needed to use that, so, like, my off-season will be, you know, like, stability, um, and then we'll go into general strength and power and energy, energy system development. Each section of these uh, phases I have, there's, like, a hypertrophy. Like, who's the best person to teach you hypertrophy you know and then strength training who's great at strength training power training agility like so i just that was my goal was to learn from them um so that when it came to those phases i knew about it Best and it wasn't just one area you know yeah, yeah. uh jamie Velo- uh jamie reynolds he was another guy so i worked for him for two years in england he works with uh anthony joshua the heavyweight oh, champion wow. of the world yeah. he has for five to seven years he's worked with cristiano ronaldo in the, the football so it's like yeah, went and learnt and understudied him for two years and just drained everything out of him I could. Um, and then the list goes on, but they're, they're guys that have definitely had a big influence. There's been a bunch of Perth people as well that have had a big influence on me. Um, physios around here that are really, like, I work with on a daily basis and they've also, I've learnt from them. We've done mentorships together, etc. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the list of the names and I'm grateful for them because that's influenced me on what I do. Um, and I'm just a mouthpiece for all of them now. You know, like when my clients come in or if someone listening now, like you're not listening to Jordan Glossop alone or Coach Glossop. Like you're listening to this army of guys and I'm just passing on their knowledge. These guys are like 20 years older than me. Like, why am I going to sit back and try and act like I know it all now and this is all my information when it's not? It's just like, this is the facts or this is their facts through science and what they've tested and trialed and what's worked and Tell me if it's for you. And then people will try it in the gym and, and then go from there. So yeah, those are the guys that had influence and uh, there'll be plenty more. Um, like I was telling you, I like to guinea pig everything. So it's this year will be my trial and error is everything, isn't it? Yeah, it's like- yeah, Everything you learn, it's like you'll find what works for you and what doesn't. I can't tell you what to do and not know exactly how it feels. Yeah, in my exactly. opinion. Yeah. You know? So yeah, this year I want to guinea pig um, going on stage. So first time ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah. In October, so that's where I was saying like, there'll be more coaches to have an influence and help me in the future. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, it's, um, it's, so, it's so important, like, when you, because, you know, everyone has their ways of doing things. And as a coach, right, for other trainers or potential trainers, coaches listening, mm. it's, uh, it's so important to try on air everything yeah. and um, take little points from everyone and don't just look at one way as the golden way. There's, there's so many different ways to get to your one goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've... Uh, kind of spoke to people and, and used different analogies on like how many restaurants have you been to how much great food have you tasted how many good restaurants have you been to like you didn't just go to one chef yeah one restaurant exactly. and yeah. you loved them all right so I, one thing like in our industry that that i can't stand and is worthwhile speaking on in this podcast is like how other people try to belittle coaches in this industry right. and yeah. like how they uh, they try to act like their their way is the only way yeah um, I used to work for a place like that. Huh? I used to work for a place like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. When I first started PT. It's hilarious, man. Like, 
like a big thing that that I do will be to help people in life to just um, to understand that they can have a way their own. Yeah. Whatever it is they do, uh, but I'll particularly do it with the training industry as well. It's like. Don't try and BS anyone that you're the, you have the only answer. You yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, be open minded. Like I've had clients, like for example, I've got clients um, who, uh, if I feel like they're going to get a better result from another coach, like hey, I think you'd be better trying this. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, they end up coming back. But if yeah. it does, they stay on. They get good results. But it's like you can't ever you can't ever be um, try to be the be or an end all. Because no. at the end of the day, like, um, it's yeah, not going to happen anyway. When no, you won't match with everyone. No. Yeah, it's different personalities. Like a big thing I do, right, right, is I try personality match. That's yeah. a, not not for any particular testing, but just sitting down and doing what we're doing, just chatting. Yeah. I'll see if I can sit in the room with someone and chat about their goals for just five minutes. Yeah. If I can't stand being in the room with them, like, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to work with this person and get good results because they probably won't hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's something that I find helps a lot too, is just matching personalities. Yeah, that's yeah. why like, when you reached out, like I've, I've done some podcasts with people and like, I was like, yeah, let's, let's chat. Like I'm always willing to talk about things and, yeah. and nut things out and share stuff. Like for me, that's, that's how anything moves forward. Yes, 100%, um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, there's how many people in Perth, right? Just as a little micro example, like we can't look after them all. Yeah, exactly. There's never gonna be an, uh, enough trainers and gyms for the people. I mean, there's more fast food restaurants than yeah. there are gyms. I know there are some failing businesses and failing coaches, so that's probably why you see it. Like, as much as there is enough for everyone, some people just might not go to a gym or they just might not go to that person, but like, that's that's on you. Yeah. You know? I've, yeah. Like, I've, um, um, one thing, uh, now I've been, what, personal trainer for four years, so not too long, yeah. but um, one thing I've noticed more now than ever is uh, the personality of coaches that aren't doing as well as yeah. they once were and it's like what what changed and maybe they just got a bit more um, whatever it is that they changed about how they perceived you know their clientele or yeah. how they treated their clientele and it's like what happened it's like you gotta like like you said you gotta love what you do yeah. you gotta wake up every day with that big goal and remember why you're doing it because that helps all the small stuff just become easier more bearable yeah, yeah I've, I've seen two things like it's one they get complacent so they rest on their results and what had worked and been successful and then by the time they rested the next crop every year there's graduates, right? Yeah. The next crop come along hungrier. That's they work it. a little yeah. harder, they give their clients a little more, they get a bit better results, and then there's that, that change and that flip. Yeah. Is that complacency? But then the second one to that is like they're burnt out. Like they just don't enjoy being a coach anymore. Yeah. You know, they tried to expand their business and work on the business side of it, and that's that's, that's where they fell out of love with it and or where it all got too much. They're not even in the gym anymore coaching. Like, yeah, of course yeah. you're not going to have a great business. You're no longer the face of your business. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I see all these things, but the, the person on the treadmill right now doesn't really care about that, but it might work for them in their industry, though. Yeah, it's exactly. Thing, it's it's so. relatable. It's like you got to, you know, you can't, uh, if you're in it for the long haul, you've got you to gotta be in it and you've got to constantly. Well, here's another good point. Um, something you brought up on is teaching young guys how important rest and recovery is or yeah. overtraining or undertraining, right? The same as with business or um, whatever you do, is you got to know when to take a break. Yeah. Um, do you want to touch on that and bring it back a bit about um, the younger athletes and um, yeah, clients? Yeah, 100%. So there are two things with that. So we'll talk about the athlete side of it and then the business side is yeah. like the same that we spoke about with like as coaches being humans, you know, and these ups and downs is I think as a business owner, like you're not always going to be 100% into your business, right? Or have life factors yeah 100% energy for each day but it's looking at your calendar year and going you know when am I going to work harder so like I remember a book called um, 
The One Thing by Joe Papasan. Oh, such a good book. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's like you can try and do everything and do a shit job of it, or you can try and focus on different points in your life or the year, let's say business, do a really good job of that time, and then spend time with family. Spend time on holiday and relaxation. So I think it's about knowing you can't do everything all the time, and then planning a year out of where your focus is and energy's going, and then that's what keeps you long-term going in your business. Like, So for me right now, it's a, it's a season of work, right? The last 20 sports, weeks, right? yeah. the last 20 weeks was, I've just put myself first on everything. I cut back 50% of my business, everything, like just to, to make sure that that focus was achieved, you know? So look, that's my way to see if it works for you. Read that book for sure. Um, and then for the kids, like, it's a funny one, like different kids will be able to handle different amounts of work, mm, right? Yeah. Genetically, mentally, socially, uh, socially yeah. body types, uh, muscle types, like, so there's no one rule for all. You know, I've got some kids I know can handle playing basketball every day. And I'd be dumb not to say that because they've been doing it successfully without injury for a long time. I've got other kids who tried to, if they tried to do that, I guarantee within two weeks it's a we've got an ankle injury, we've got a knee injury, we've got a hamstring, hip injury, we've got problems, you know, like they can't handle that much workload. Uh, but the main thing is for them to understand a few key points and one of them is sleep, right? They've got to respect sleep, they've got to schedule it, they've got to make sure they're getting the right type of sleep. Like that's your best recovery. No shake, no cryo chamber, no Normatec compression pants, like none of this stuff. That's all additional. Right? To having a good night's sleep. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, don't, I didn't take supplements in my recent training program until six weeks in. None of my clients start on supplements. It's like nail down the basics and then everything is a supplement. Mm. So sleep, it's massive recovery. Obviously the nutrition, that's part of recovery. Like, come on, you, your body's made of cells. Yeah. If you don't feed the cells what that cell needs for regeneration, good luck, right? Injuries, fatigue, stress, all these things like, we don't want to get into the science of it, but good luck. Um, and then obviously the right training plan. So, you know, like you get two types. You get the kid that wants to do one session a week and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> not going to work. Then you get the kid that wants to train every single day and put size on, like with a, a program that is not going to facilitate that, good luck. You're going to turn into a, um, an endurance looking athlete, right? Because they're playing hours of basketball too. so. When you've got sport, yeah, well, you've got to match yeah. in the sport-specific stuff with. It's not just like you're a bodybuilder who sits at a desk, walks 10,000 steps, and then lifts. It's yeah. completely different on that end. But um, uh, So, yeah, the, the sleep, nutrition, the training, and then uh, the, all the mindset stuff that we go on about, you know, like recoveries, like I said, mentally as well, right? So there's ways that you can recover quicker with your mindset stuff, you know, like getting up in the morning, what's your morning routine? Go through that. You can wake up feeling tired, you do this mindset work, 15 minutes later, you're less tired. Good, yeah, right? good to go. End of the day, you do another bunch of different things and then you're feeling more regenerated. And it's like, we all know what cortisol does to the body, right? That stress hormone, like, so if you're talking about recovery and lasting a long time, like, go and do your research on cortisol. Go understand the importance of getting your mind right to reduce that and then you'll start smashing your goals. Yeah, and that's... I don't know if you get a lot with young guys and uh, with yourself, but I know for me, like everyone wants to know what's the best pre-workout to take. I'm like, none. Exactly. Don't take any of yeah. it. Like, it's not going to help you get better results. No. It's like, uh, 
uh, more from a strength aspect for me, but I always tell people, look, you need to be really switched on, mentally focused through this, That's no right. external. That's right. Like, I'm pointing to my head, by the way. So, being like dive deep into your brain and um, focus on why you want to, why do you want to do this session? Why do you, what yeah. do you want to achieve in this session? If you can tap into that before every single session, you're going to have a better quality session instead of just scooping down some pre workout, try to wake you up. It's like uh, you just got to put thought into it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that are happening out there that frustrate me that I don't talk about. You know, like I don't try to talk about everything, cover every topic, but yeah. stimul- stimulants in anything in life, like you'll eventually hear me do a talk just on that. Yeah, like I just yeah. had 20 weeks no coffee. Yeah, right? wow, oh, good job. For a yeah. guy who's a coffee lover, I just did 20 weeks no coffee. In fact, no caffeine. Yeah, no yeah, sugar. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So like- Switch out for like peppermint tea or things no, like that? No, no, I only yeah. drank water for 20 weeks. Yeah, fair enough, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. And it was like understanding again, like, all this stuff we're talking about and all these goals we want to achieve are all in the mind. And the more natural you can be with that mind you have, the better your chances long term of having it. If you're relying on stimulants, music, caffeine, all these things to get you through your goal, nah. Yeah, because when you take all that away, nah. like, where are you? <laughs> tell me someone great that you admire and tell me they can't do the same thing if you take all those stimulations away. I know yeah. for a fact they can. Yeah. Right? Because it's ingrained from like the yeah. basics. I've done some of my greatest workouts, coming in for like a bag of shit, tired as hell, unmotivated, but it's like, you know what you gotta do. Yeah. Come in, do your exercises, lift, embrace it during that moment, work's done, go home. It's like, you don't have to feel pumped, you don't have to have your adrenals through the roof, you don't have to be excited and motivated. That's not- (laughs) That's not everyday stuff. That's not training. Yeah. That's like, fun. You know, that's like, I'm, that's why I'm not into group training and into like cheerleading at the front and all that because I think that's like it's not a long term way for this client to actually be educated and understand how to get yourself healthy and right like I I don't bag on those people at all like as long as people are moving that's fine but it's like try to get deeper with humans and people and like try and find what actually moves and motivates them and then you you can come they can train in a quiet gym like it is right now fine yeah so if, if one person can do it, we can all do it, right? Yeah, exactly. 100%. So. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like, um, uh, that's a, uh, I spoke to another bodybuilder actually about that um, on another podcast a bit, but he was talking about like how he'll cycle on and off of music. And yeah, that's what I do. So he'll do like week on, week off of no yeah. music, no music. 100%. No, just to get like, uh, get his like mental stimulation back. All sorts of things. Because yeah. when you listen to music, it takes your mind somewhere. Yeah. What do you, you hear on the song about breakup and you remember your recent breakup? Yeah, yeah. You hear a song like, you don't hear music, then you go into your real thoughts. Yeah. I got some crazy stuff that I don't even want to talk about again another time, but like about how I do things and what I teach, but uh, like music, when you speak about that, that's something yeah. that I haven't accidentally uh, incorporated into it. So if I've been coaching in the gym for four or five hours and you have to have music on for the clients, like, yeah, yeah. I can't control the music all the time. I won't listen to music on the way home. Like, where's my chance to rest, right? Yeah, you can't think for yourself. And like, I'll, if I choose to listen, which is not very often, listen to music on the way into the gym, I'll be in here with no music. And my clients trip out, but like, I'm gonna educate them more and more on, on these things. But they're like, how do you turn out music? Like, if most of the time you walk in here, you see me barefoot, pair of shorts on, lifting some weights. Yeah, throwing around some wine. <laughs> That's it. I mean, we didn't, we didn't have our big portable uh, speakers, you know, 30, yeah. 40, 50 years ago. No. Maybe 30, 40 years ago, but not 50 years ago, you know, and I knew that around the gym. There's no, the only thing you could hear in the gym would have been iron being thrown around. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, for me, it's like, um, 
a lot of times you need to control the noise. And I think if an everyday person can hear these things and, and perhaps try them, they'll understand what we're talking about and they'll probably have a better chance of a result, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Like, it's uh, another big one, right, is you're talking about coffee, like uh, taking that away. Um, once, you, once you take that away, it just helps. It helps just so many things. Yeah, well, pe- people got to understand their personality. Yeah. You know, like Without you, coffee. You touched on it, right? A personality yeah. types. Like, if someone's anxious, if someone's extrinsically motivated, like, don't give them coffee. Yeah. Because you're going to accelerate everything. Like, they don't need that. They need more dopamine and stuff. Like, so... I know who I am. I know, like, I can run on nothing for two days straight, right? Like, I'm an energetic, wired, passionate-driven person that is, when I need to, I can just keep going. You add coffee on top of that person, I already know what happens with that. Like, mm. now you're, like, thinking too much. You're doing too much. You're working too long. Like, it just that happens like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you've got to know who you are. Like, I've got an addictive personality. So, like, I could easily become addicted to coffee. I've never taken it more than two a day, but, like, that was the last, so during COVID, I had a list of 20 things to improve on. That's the last one that I couldn't get rid of. Yeah, wow, okay. I got rid of alcohol, chocolate, everything. Like I got this long list, started training, all these things. I had that on the list and I gave them all different dates. That was the one that I couldn't hit. So I put it on whatever the date was. Two weeks later, I'm still putting crosses next to it. Just could not get rid of it. And it wasn't until this recent transformation I did, which was like, right, I need to, Everything I've been doing hasn't been working clearly. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the condition I want to be in. And I, so I just reset everything, right? And yeah, uh, it's tough. Did to, it. it takes it takes a lot of discipline to do that. It does, but that's yeah. what we need. That's, that's exactly what it takes. Like this is what we're trying to teach everyone. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. To come to the gym is not easy. Like to to take that hour during a session, the thirty minutes through traffic and back and forth, and then not being with the kids and family. Like that shit's not easy. So. What we're trying to learn is discipline, the art of discipline. Like you listen to your Bruce Lee's, you listen to all these guys, like my favorite people are like Tony Robbins, Eckhart Tolle, like the list goes on on guys that I try to be like. And um, it's all about self-discipline. Self-discipline, what I've come up with, they come with a few, persistence, another one. Like these are the traits I think every human wants to have one way or another. If they don't realize it yet, they will come to realize it. Like how do you get your first house? How do you get better business how do you have better relationships they all come back to discipline and then like having the ability to see beyond yourself and like relationships like can I put my own egos aside my own thoughts aside and like share them with you now can I share my ego with you can I share my thoughts with you you know like so these are all the real things that lead to results and these are what the people need right so I think when I started it was like I hadn't done enough to to tell people straight up, this is the actual thing you need. You know, I'd go through like all these other little superficial ways of, you know, just come in here and I probably use the word motivatedness, uh, motivation and happiness and all this stuff. Now I'm just like straight up with people. I'm like, they'll ask me what I gotta do. I've been bang, bang, bang. What, what place do I have to get to mentally here or you probably won't achieve it. It's like, I don't try so to- So people also go, oh, I have to do that? You're like, yeah, no, okay, I don't want that now. Yeah, and that's, that's where I just go at that point. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm here. You yeah. know where I am. If you want to use another coach who's not going to tell you that straight up like that, yeah. use them. But uh, like I've got people who still message me now seven years later wow. telling me I was a coach they've never had the same experience with and the same results with. And like, I don't I actually don't share any of that or big myself up with it, but I'm not surprised either because 
I just know that I've been giving them the truth. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of trainers out there and for everyday people kind of trying to find their way through that world. It's like a lot of them are just out there trying to make themselves famous, make themselves personality, try and get free protein, try and, I don't even know how to explain it, but like sometimes like, Superficial. who are you trying to motivate? Who, who are you trying to get to feel good about themselves? Like, I'm like, I'm looking straight at you and I know you don't love yourself. Yeah. I know that. And you're trying to get this army to love themselves when you don't? Oh, mate. So I'm yeah. like, yeah. It's, um, I feel sorry for people at times trying to navigate themselves through all that, but that's, that's, uh, that's up to them to go and do their research and find out. And Yeah, it really comes down, when you want something that badly, it comes down to a place of being self-love. Like, you really got to love yourself to yeah. push yourself to those limits. Otherwise, you, you can't do it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. We're men and I'm a male, but I'm more than capable of talking about love and what self-love means yeah. and, and, yeah. and it didn't happen to my kid yeah I don't know didn't happen to your kid yeah it didn't happen to my kid yeah same here man well I've I was uh, when my daughter was born I was, uh, I was a meth addict um, so, really yeah I don't actually remember a lot of it and it just uh, took a couple of years to actually yeah it was a couple couple of years of just pain and suffering to get over that yeah and come out the other side but again like discipline is uh, essentially self-love yeah because you're doing what's best yeah. for you yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a tough one to learn because if you're a good human being, you feel guilty about self-love. You yes. Know, you feel like you the right thing to do yeah, is yeah. Like give your everything to other people, but then eventually you'll understand you can't give nothing when you're empty, right? Yeah. So to love others, you definitely have to love yourself. Yeah. And, it's, and then it's just the problem of people getting caught up with the ego side of it. Mm. You know, yes. like there's loving yourself and then there's loving yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a difference. Hundred percent. People yeah. get it twisted. People get me twisted on that. Like, why you got a picture of no shirt on in the gym training? I'm like, because I couldn't do that before. Yeah. Right. Because proud of you I'm tr- you that's the only motivation I'm trying to give you is look. There's a guy who was out of shape. He's now in shape. He's now loving himself again. Isn't like that's what you see. Like, and then understand who that person is and what they're about after that. Don't just scroll through see that picture and think that's just trying to show a six pack yeah like read the caption like go to the website read the philosophies like yeah yeah go and meet that person you know like then you like understand yeah but um again it's like because i've spoke to bryce cotton about this with his basketball right just recently it's like because he doesn't share nothing we did his first proper interview and like we just recently put that out and i said yeah but how if you don't tell people about you and what you do and how you do it then you're leaving them with all these people that potentially give them the wrong message mm, yes i'm exactly. like if you have the right a good message to share you got that's your responsibility i feel like that's my responsibility as well yeah and it's like you got to go about it the right way but you can't be quiet yeah exactly yeah true Very you know true. like evil yeah. and good and look at all these things in the world like the right the good people can't be quiet either yeah. Otherwise, the, the noise of the other side is always going to be amplified, right? Yeah, 100%. Man. I think a good saying I learned when I was younger was the bad things that happen, it only takes one good person to look away. Mm. Um, so if you, want, you know, if you want to make a difference in people's lives, you've got to, you've got to be that voice. And you've got to tell them, like, uh, I think being open and honest, which is something that took me time to do, um, being open and honest about every single flaw that you have that can be relatable to that person or to mm. your audience is um, paramount. Because yeah. that, that helps people give a good picture of where you're at and um, what type of person you are too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't blame anyone who's not there yet. Like, you know, like... It takes time. Yeah. Yeah. 
takes time, vulnerable. takes experiences. Yeah, and to be okay with being um being vulnerable because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, especially and you'll probably get this, but with younger gentlemen, right? Is yeah. they don't they don't know how to be vulnerable because they're, they're, there's still this um uh, I suppose stigma um, in it. Yeah, stigma yeah. towards being a tough guy. Yeah. And you can't really can't really be tough until you've really been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I find like someone like yourself, sometimes the biggest guys are the gentle giants and sometimes the most successful people are the most humble and yeah. it's not by The most quiet person in the room can be like the most successful. But yeah. for those not there, like I could give them the advice that like getting yourself in shape helps with that. Like getting yourself big, if you have any like body confidence, like or any confidence issue, helps with that. Like yeah. do things that help with it. It pushes you right? into a new level of um, a level up in a way. Yeah, because you yeah. can focus on the next step of that. Yeah. Like if you're walking down to the beach, this was me all last summer. You feel like a bag of shit. Don't take your shirt off all summer long, right? So you're still like struggling in that little realm. You don't have the chance to go and explore the next realm of your psychology. Yeah. Now that you have that done, like put that aside, you can go feel happy, do whatever you want. Like then you actually start working on these bigger things, right? So yeah, it's, it's not wrong. People are on different journeys, but do the things that help you to progress. Yeah, and things Don't that make you genuinely and, happy. Like yeah. like you said, that's um, tying it back to where we started was a question you ask is, is this you? Like, is what you're doing for you? Because if you're not, you're not mm. gonna be happy. Nah. You're not gonna enjoy getting up at 5 a.m. to go nah. do your training. You're not gonna enjoy staying up on a Sunday instead of going out to a Sunday session actually doing your food prep. Like, That's right. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to learn to love that process because if you don't, you're gonna fail very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest thing I'll see is they'll get to the, the first goal and then they stop. Yeah. So they'll do the body transformation. Six week goal. Yeah. However long, even like twelve weeks. Mm. Right? They do the transformation and they don't have anything for that next bit and it's because it wasn't them to do it every day of the year. Yeah. It just wasn't. Yeah. No, and that's that's why I see. I've actually just spoken about that recently. It's like, or it's daily habits, right? Mm. I'm not going to bore everyone. They all hear it from everyone, but it's like non-negotiables. Like your daily habits, daily rituals. If gym's not one of them, don't do it. If it is, it's a daily check-in. Yeah. Even if you just come in and stretch, like follow your daily rituals. That's who you become. Um, so it is no twelve week, twenty week, thirty week. Like, no. There's no shortcuts to any big goal. No, because you, the funny thing with the goal is like you set a two-year goal. I'm going to do this. You get there and you haven't done it. Now what are you going to do? Give up? You got to keep going. Yeah, no goal. No, yeah. Nothing's finished. Nothing has a timeline. In fact, yeah, I got goals that I wrote to do in 2014. Yeah, I haven't done them yet. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. I've had job offers recently in America. I can't go because of family things. It's like that's a goal, but it's just sitting on the list. But like, we can go in goal setting. Like my goal setting stuff is super simple yeah like you don't need no vision board you don't need no goals up on a wall yeah you don't because you're gonna potentially kill yourself like kill your vibe i put a goal to do this in january didn't happen feel upset yeah right yeah, you, you don't do put it. a goal you don't do nothing like there's other versions there's like all of it if you speak long enough comes to find out who you are find out the best way to do that um and then don't let anything get in the way yeah, that, that's it, 100%. Don't let anything get in the way. But even your loved ones, I'm telling yeah. you now. Yeah, you've got to put yourself first. You have to. Yeah. Like, if you've got a partner and they want to train, you want, like, they don't train, right? I'll give you a few examples to help because we're going to definitely wrap this up yeah, yeah. for your audience. Um, I train and you as my partner, you don't train. 
you're going to hate every time I go to the gym. Yeah, because right? I'm like, you want to go out and party on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I'm going to feel like, bad. I'm going to feel like I'm not doing my part, etc. Yeah. If we both train, you have the same thing. It's like, okay, we're going to train at the same time. No, that doesn't work. We clash during training. Um, you're getting better results now. I'm jealous of you. Like, I can give you all these different scenarios, right? Um, and then another way. I don't train. And then I have a, a way I feel about you. What it comes back to is like, you have to put yourself first there. Right? That's why I've got some people I train, like my brother's a trainer, I've trained his wife because she doesn't want to train with her husband. No, no, right? so like, I learned that lesson. Jesus so we've got Christ, all these ways that. to get around <laughs> it. Um, and then, but what you have to realize, and I've re- realized this through my own breakup, is like that person met you a certain way. They loved you a certain way, right? And then what changed? Then all of a sudden they maybe love you for a different reason mm, and yeah. have different expectations. But don't forget they loved that first person they met. Right now, if that first person they met was you, keep that person. Yeah. Don't let that relationship change you. Don't let the time change you, because eventually they'll either love you or hate you for the new person. Right. So that's what I've come to realize is like, and that's after the breakup. That's what I went back to. Yeah. I'm like, who's the real me? And yeah. I look back up over the 34 years, and it was very obvious. You know, like through all the ups and downs, I had a particular type of person that I was. And I got straight back to that, and then everything good starts happening again. Yeah, which is a person who can just live in the trenches and go days without you know anything, just keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And sometimes that's all it takes is just touch back to the basics. Yeah, mate, I love it. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. Do you want to just give yeah. some information? Because I'll put your information at the bottom of the podcast in the description. So yeah. please, if you're listening, give uh, give the link at the bottom a click. You'll be able to find Jordan's profile. Um, other ways they can reach out to you and find you. I'll, I'll keep it simple. Just um, just use the Instagram because you probably find, found this on Instagram. Um, I can always link you to other places from there. So just uh, Jordan Glossop on Instagram. Um, that's about it. Cool, man. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you very much. Appreciate I, it. I appreciate the chances to have these conversations. Yeah, man. Good. Thank you.